Just let it hit you. The groove. Let the music oh, the move groove. you. <clears throat> Man. Yo, 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 yo. That music just takes me back hmm. to previous podcasts. Because we're podcasting yeah. in the pod. Yeah. Could you imagine hearing that song somewhere not on this podcast? No, not anymore. I don't think it's a real song. <laughs> I'll change the station. <laughs> Oh crap, Larry and John are about to start talking. <laughs> turn it off, turn it off. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, hey friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Northgate Review. Yeah, we're coming in the middle of January. <sighs> Come on, it's, it's Man, just Christmas. Snow outside, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is chilly. It is a little chilly out there today. Uh, but you know, for those listeners not in California, it's... <laughs> It's, it's actually pretty warm. It's here. still pretty great. <laughs> it's great. It's still like 55, 60 degrees. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's Which nice. is frigid. Not complaining. Not yeah. complaining. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're, we're glad you're here wherever you are. Uh, we're continuing our What Happens When You Die series. That was week two. Yeah. You talked about some great stuff. It was a good weekend. I realized, like, man, we were didn't dive right in. Where's the tomfoolery? <laughs> <laughs> no chicanery today. We got a lot to cover. We have tons to cover. We're talking about heaven. And the coffee has kicked in, so I was like, let's go. Hit it. No, no, no. We can't do that. We got to give the people what they want. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> so, um... So, uh... What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I've, um... You know, people uh, do resolutions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, or goals. Yeah. People do goals. Uh, I don't even know uh, if it was a goal, but it, I wrote some stuff down of like, "Hey, this is uh, who I want to become this year," mm-hmm. and I'm still I'm still hanging strong. Yeah, with what you wanted to become. Were, were they big well, changes? Practices, practices for it. Yeah, like I've like done exercise every single day this month. When you say who you want to become, is this? Uh... It's a new way of looking at a goal rather than like this is achieved, mm-hmm. but like, so I'm reading differently already. I'm interacting in some different community. How are you reading differently? Um, what does that mean? Speed read? No. Um, I'm, I'm trying to <clears throat> read wider. Still uh, confused with what... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've, I've probably been stuck in, I don't know, you, other people get like this where you just kind of read what you need to read or read what you oh, enjoy, yeah. Yeah. right? Kind of the lane. And so I'm trying to be a little bit more well-read or widely read, yeah. um, across thoughts and ideas and stuff that, um, are interesting or challenging. Hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of new. I would say though, too, specifically for me, I, um, it's actually like exercise. I don't ever like it. No, it's a I'm terrible not, thing. I think it was part of the curse. I'm not Genesis. ever going to like it. But it's like that for reading for me, too. Like, yeah. my wife loves to read. My daughter loves to read. She, w- w- over a break, she was on break, 12 years old. She's reading a 300-page book a day in just a couple hours. I'd be like, oh, that was a great one. It was like, can't keep up. Literally, please yeah. don't get rid of the library system. Yeah. Because you're going to go broke trying to do that. But that's, so that's not me at all. No. It's yeah. always on purpose for something. The same thing with exercise, right? It all, it's, you know, like the other day, my wife was like, oh, yeah. How was that? That was awesome. How you feel? And I was like, no, it was miserable. It was awful. I call it, it was, it's just never going to change. It's always going to be awful. Yeah. 
But I did it because it was on purpose because I need to do it because I know it's good for me and it makes me become something new and something that I need to become. So that's <clears throat> that's good so far. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the rate I've I've I'm just past the drop off rate for typical goals in a new year. And I didn't strategically be like, I'm waiting until the new year to do that. I just decided. Yeah, totally. This was the first year that I didn't do anything because I did think about it quite a bit. Mm. Uh, I've never been successful in setting goals as far as, um, well, uh, I take that back. I'm successful in what I uh, end up becoming. It's a who you're becoming thing, but I'm not mm. successful in meeting my goals that I set. I'm just successful in becoming that person that does those things regularly. Yeah. So for instance, uh, if a goal 10 years ago, this would have been a real goal of mine, uh, read six books this year. <laughs> that would have really been a real goal. But, yeah. Uh, I don't think I read six books that year, but I read that year. And when I say that, I mean, I never, I wouldn't finish the book, so I wouldn't count them, but I would start some books. But the idea is that I, I started reading. And because of that now, I mean, I'll read six books a month because I have, like, that's what's set up in me. So this year, instead of setting goals, man, I realized last year was the best year I've of my life yet, but other extenuating circumstances being the birth of my son and buying a house and all these great things that God's allowed me to do. But I really like who God was kind of, uh, for me, me forming me into last year. And I think I was the most surrendered that I've ever been in my life last year. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I mean, it's a lame thing, but I just want to keep doing what I did last year and go further, do more, sure. uh, be more surrendered. But I didn't set I didn't do any kind of goal thing last year that was super successful, but I saw more growth and God do more things in my life. So yeah, my goal is just to do I, more of what I did. And I didn't, I didn't, I'm not really doing goals, but I did write it down. So to use language that you're actually familiar with is I just redid my replenishment cycle, mm -hmm. which for those of you who don't know, it's, it's really just evaluating what fuels you. Yeah. So like when I'm my best me and I'm being fueled and, and then it's in a couple different areas, it's called the pies. It's your personal, intellectual, your spiritual, your emotional. So what are the things that fuel you? Um, and uh, dig into that in each of those areas. So like my personal, what when I'm at my healthiest, I'm exercising or, you know, I'm eating well because I feel yeah. good. You know, when it comes to my intellectual, I'm reading or I'm having like challenging conversations. Yeah. When it comes to my emotional, I'm like dating my wife. You know, I'm like spending some family time. Like, so we're making sure that every night we're eating around the dinner table. Mm -hmm. And like, we, we've even gotten like fast food, I think one of the nights. And it was like, the kids still were like, oh no, we got to go around the table to do this. So it was like, sweet, I'm down. Yeah. Like that's an emotional fueling. And then the spiritual aspect has been, um, I've decided to read with a group now. Yeah. Like through the Bible. And that's been fun. And one of the people in my group is actually my daughter. <laughs> and which is really fun. No, I've awesome. never done that before, but it's through like the U version app. I threw yeah. it up there at the beginning of the year and it's Hold the that. Bible project stuff. And it's um, a thing where everyone, you know, small group, I invited a couple of people, including my, my daughter. And so she'll like write notes in there or answer questions. So you're, then you're challenged to be like, Oh gosh, I got to make sure I'm doing that or yeah. like interact or have something to talk about. So it's not as much of a, uh, goals as it is um i'm gonna become i know i become yeah. something better when i'm making sure that i'm healthy my replenishment cycle i'm replenished 
And then because of that, there's just a result. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And I think, and I you've, know that's you've what done happened. One of yeah, these before. yeah, absolutely. I've seen that happen in, in my life too with goals is you just set targets and you're just trying to hit them. And then you feel not that there's anything wrong with it. I did it for years of my life, but now I'm at, I, and it probably was, I would attribute it to this. Well, you get overwhelmed cycle. Sure. Yeah. But some people get overwhelmed. Like the replenishment cycle is like, I can, you can take it in small bites yeah. and eat it. Where goals, you're like, oh my gosh. I mean, because I just literally talked about four different areas. Unless you're the type of person, and I'm not this person, but who can set such clear, strategic, specific goals. So like for mine, reading six books a year, if I really knew how to set goals, I would have narrowed that down to how many chapters I need to be reading a a week or how many pages a day. And then it's something attainable. So that's what's in the replenishment cycle. It's how many days and it's how many minutes. So my exercise is 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, it has to be so many days a week, you know, or eating this way. Same thing with the reading. It's every day for this long a period or it's this many days a week. You know, it's like, hey, I'm doing really good. Or if it's, um, you know, emotionally or spiritually of I need to have a, a, a 10 hour period mm-hmm. where I'm just, you know, in prayer or focused on these things or, you know, space. And it's something different for everyone. You yeah. know, it's like I need to go on a little retreat or I need to spend a day on a walk or go on a hike or, but it's very specific like that because mm-hmm. if it's not, it really just becomes ethereal yeah. and it becomes something that you can't even hold yourself accountable to because you didn't have anything specific attached to it. And they might not be for, in my case, it wasn't what I thought was in my replenishment cycle. There were things that were in that, that I, as we were making it and we were saying things that, Oh, this is probably something I should be doing every day, every week. Some of them weren't actually, once I started actually living this thing out, for instance, one of them for me, I thought was journaling. If I was journaling every week, that was something that would replenish me. turns out it's not, that's not something I need to be doing. It doesn't matter at all. Actually to me, it probably hurts. What it it actually was, was probably was writing music. Yep. Because that's where you found most of your journaling. Yes. And yeah, there was a different season of my life too, but it... No, you've grown so much. I'm such an old man now. <laughs> it's the cardigans it's, you're wearing. That's what's doing it's it. It's definitely the cardigans. Oh, man. Man, you, you can't yourself, be a young don't man. Don't get a cardigan. <laughs> too late now. <laughs> my wife's like, where am I going to put the rest of my clothes in my closet? You've got too many cardigans. Oh, my gosh. I actually believe that. Well, they were on sale. <laughs> Things you'll never see me in. Man, you heard it here, folks. Let's get Larry a cardigan. <laughs> Next Christmas, There's Larry's There's going to be a lot outfit. of Photoshopping later. Man, yes. <laughs> hey, look, saw you in a cardigan. All right, let me write, take some notes here. <laughs> get Larry in a cardigan. All right, well, may, hey, maybe that was actually helpful for you, encouraging you if you've uh, fallen off of something. Um, hop back in, maybe get real specific. And if maybe some of you are like, yeah, I just don't do it. It's a waste of time. It never works. Hey, we're doing it with you. You can join us up and we want to be, you know, that's why we do this podcast and that's why we come to uh, a service every weekend or we're involved in community groups. It's really about who we're becoming and we want to become better people as disciples or apprentice um, students. Yeah. As we dive into the talk today, I think it's important. I love what you said in your message right out of the gate. And it's a great reminder for this whole series of you were talking about don't make the major the minor right yeah when it's clear be clear when it's not don't pretend that it is yes uh and so anyway i think that's a great reminder for 
all of the topics that we're going over. We talked about it last week in the podcast, if you missed it, kind of along those things. We didn't say that line, but the things we were saying is like, this is a bigger topic yeah. than we know about, than yeah. we can comprehend. Totally. We can't comprehend I think, all of I think this. we can start off with one, actually, that isn't very clear, um, and that was kind of one of the opening ones I did. And that was the, what happens when you die or when our friends die we typically most often think like the immediate, like they're in heaven now, they're in paradise now, there's no more pain. You know, it's all the promises. I believe all of those things, but the scripture isn't as clear. It's much more vague on that specific moment. It mm-hmm. talks much more about the restoration being remade, new heavens, new earth, which was at a later time. And it talks about the second coming when there's a resurrection, mm-hmm. right? So what happens when we're absent from the body and with the Lord? Um, there's not a ton of information and there's questions and I've gotten questions like this before of like, Hey, can, you know, loved ones send messages or be present and stuff. I can tell you tons of stories where you told one this weekend. Um, yeah, but I mean, I can tell you even stories of where people have had an experience or encounter with a loved one. They felt like that was like a gift or they said, you know, I'm leaving now. Just Mm -hmm. want to make sure you're okay. Or that was real to them. And also, I mean, these are followers of Jesus. Like they're not, you know, trying to dabble in some of the spiritual realm that is unhealthy, which I didn't talk about, which is more like these, you know, tea leaves and Toro cards and, you know, some of that stuff. A lot of that stuff is fake, but some of it actually is really real and you don't want to screw with it. Like just run, right? Yeah. Because that's a whole nother dimension and, you know, we were not going to get as much into that stuff right now. But I will say this, that, you know, you look at it, the the scriptures aren't really clear, like on that stuff and don't really say that, you know, people who have left left this earth are going to interact with us. Um, it, you know, Jesus maybe references a little bit more like of angels on behalf, mm-hmm. but, um, I think it's worth talking about cause I think there is some comfort in there and there is, I think it's okay to kind of just be wobbly and chew on some of those things, if you will. Definitely. Even before that, I mean, I was thinking about, we, I had a campfire last night hanging out with some friends and kind of this topic comes you guys up were camping. Just a fire. Okay. Yeah, a just a backyard campfire. <laughs> oh, a, back, a camping in your backyard. Yeah, well, it was glamping at that point. <laughs> there were a lot of conversations that happened. But of course, the, what happens when Saturday you die conversation, yeah, yeah, it comes up. And, you know, one of, my, one of my friends was quick to... So when you talk about this, what happens when you die, when you talk about heaven, you talk about hell, when you talk about these things, you're also talking about... The majority of the, it's all spiritual realm stuff. And that's why it's so uncomfortable for us to talk about because we're talking about demons now. We're talking about angels. We're talking about forces that we have absolutely no idea in all reality how to explain any of this stuff. Mm. And, and even you were referring, and I had this thought while you were teaching on, on Sunday too about that there's going to be a new heaven and thinking, well, why does there need to be a new heaven? We only messed up the earth. We didn't mess up heaven. But the fact that there was a rebellion in the spiritual realm as well, which is in the beginning of Genesis, that, that the angels rebelled against the Satan, uh, the devil. He rebelled against God and wanted to be like God. Um, and so one of my friends, as we were having this conversation about angels and demons, was very quick to shrug this off in a, in a way of saying, like, it's not real. Like, we have enough technology now to explain away this stuff. Like, we, yeah, maybe that's just, and it's this mindset of it's ancient stuff. And I, and I think it's important 
to open our mind also. Like, let's not just narrow this down like we like to do in Western culture where it's all about us, what happens when we die. But there's there's a whole other world out here. Like, because you made me think of with the tarot cards and with the summoning and the Ouija boards and all this stuff. Sure. Um, there's he, he was saying, like, we can't prove this. Stuff. It's not real. Like, that's... It is science is, is beyond that. It's important to understand that we're the only culture, Western culture, not just American, but Western, modern Western culture is the only culture that doesn't have a belief in the the spiritual realm being present and active in your world right now. I mean, this is all throughout history. There's an understanding of other deities and spirituality and things that we don't understand. And now in the Western culture, we've evolved to a state where we think it's, I don't know if that's completely true. It just might be like spheres of people are living in, but I mean, even here in Benicia, you got, you know, the psychic and you, know, you there's go see that people that have palm at. readers. Well, they're in business. They're in business. So they're not laughed at. That's that a much. good point. They're There's laughed a, at, but they still go get their palms uh, read. Yeah, to a degree, until someone just secretly decides I'm not going to laugh at this because I want to understand something, or yeah. I want to see if there is hope or there is faith in something. Um, and that's where I'm saying you don't screw around with it. Definitely. Don't, don't don't even be like I'm just interested to see what they're saying. There's there's real stuff going on. Like there's well, real. So look at that though. My. I, Every person that I know, even the people I was with last night telling their stories of the demonic, the Ouija boards or whatever, I know my brother-in-law, I know plenty of people have these stories now, but it's because it's not taken seriously that there is a spiritual realm yeah. that you can't see. So then they're dabbling in things that we don't understand, and they're, but it's a joke. It's fun. You know, like, oh, I'll go get my palms read, and I don't yeah. know what this is. So that's more of my thing. Like, this is all real. All throughout the Bible— yeah. is referencing it's referencing and where the they laugh at a lot is like i said a lot of it is a money grab a lot of it Definitely. is fake yes but there is that's what i'm saying you yeah. don't want to find yeah. the real stuff yeah and it's out there for sure and and you see that that is one thing that the scripture does speak clearly on yeah. I mean, it's all throughout I we mean, wrestled out against flesh and blood but against to, principalities and powers sure and you can't think that you know you see the just even the life of jesus and the times that he was casting out demons mm -hmm. you can't think that that just was then in that time in that moment definitely i mean and it and it lived in all kinds of i mean it was all kinds of realms it was from animals to people to who knows i mean you see a serpent i mean it's it transforms it's definitely it's a different type of realm so yeah yeah that there's there's the two sides of it there's a mm -hmm. there's literally a war going on on yeah. earth yeah right here right now yeah and that's the whole heaven and earth where it's colliding and you know people use the comments of you know the veil gets just a little bit thin and that's where it all why it all needs to be remade we're continuing to see and participate honestly in the war through our own decisions and sin as we continue to help creation or relationships or um, the work that we're doing decay and to fall apart and to you know destruct mm -hmm. um, and so that's that's where the new heaven and earth comes into play is that all of that has to be reversed like it all yeah. has to be made right and that's that's what we're going to talk a bit more on like the judgment piece there has mm -hmm. to be a reconciliation yeah, it, you, it doesn't just fix itself. It has to be reconciled. Yeah, uh, just even like the tapping into a bit of the restoration or restoring talk this week. There's work involved to restore anything. Yeah, like definitely. The wrong has to be ra made right. Yeah, and and we'll get into that a little bit um, in the next couple of weeks. 
Um, but I think for this one, you know, jumping in kind of like we just did, I mean, you even have some of your own personal stories. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, my wife has way more than I do, but I'm not going to share them because they're her stories. But uh, with encounters with, so my wife's mother passed away when she was a child, but encounters with a loved one after you die, like these are things that we cannot explain, but that they happen. And I know these are some of the stories that you had too. And yeah. for me, I, you know, I, I grew up in such a sterile Christianity when it comes to the spiritual realm. Like we couldn't even really acknowledge the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, that's not even, uh, that's we don't know the Holy Spirit. There's yeah. God and Jesus, but we don't understand him. So let's get the Holy Spirit out of here. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just, we didn't, we didn't talk about, we didn't learn about the spiritual realm. And I look back at that now and I think that's probably a good thing because <laughs> I don't want to learn something from people that have, none of us really have that deep of an understanding in it. So maybe it's best that nobody tried to teach me something on it. But uh, I, I remember I had a, one of my recent ones and I had this conversation with, with you, Larry, because we filmed a guy in San Francisco. We showed his transformation story. His name was Assam. Mm-hmm. And he's from, oh, where was he from? Was it Kuwait? That sounds right. Yeah. Anyway, over there, uh, he was. we went to lunch and we were talking through his story. He's an older man, so he has tons of stories. It was yeah. so fun to talk with him. And he told me that in this part of the world, the main way that Jesus reveals himself is through dreams. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's becoming... a you know, people are coming to Christ, but there's not a lot of missionaries, not a lot of people that know Jesus. So how else would Jesus? Right. And that's a very, uh, a Muslim culture. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the way Islam. that, yeah. And that's the way Jesus revealed himself a lot of times in, in the new, in the old and the new Testament. And, uh, he would come through dreams and, and as he would speak to the prophets and stuff like that, you know, Joseph interpreted dreams and, uh, the spiritual forces speaking through dreams. And so when he started saying that to me, I started thinking, man, I've never had a a Jesus dream as some of my friends call it, you know, like what's a Jesus dream. I've never had any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to, I've referenced him in, in some of my earlier sermons, but I had a, one of my best friends died when I was 16. He was 17, I think. Um, and we grew up in North Carolina. Uh, and I tell you the North Carolina piece because of the way that this dream kind of played itself out. It was the weirdest thing. You were actually in it, Larry, which is weirder because nobody here knows my friend. <laughs> But it was you, Jesse, Jerry, and me. Oh. And, uh, and then we, we were going to a restaurant. I haven't thought about my friend. His name was Josh. I haven't thought about him for, I mean, a while. If I think about him in passing, I think about his, his family, you know, his mother or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm sleeping that night. And, and in, in my dream, the four of us are going to lunch. And Josh just comes and sits at the table with us. And you... I have no idea why. And I'm like crying in my dream. And this is, I don't remember my dreams either. So this is also significant. I never remember any of my dreams. Mm-hmm. So he, he sits down and we start talking. I'm crying. I'm like, dude, where have you been? It's been like a decade or more. Like what I, I've, I'm not thinking about you anymore. You're out of my mind. What are you doing? What's it like? Where are you? And it was earth. We were on earth. We were in a physical place. Uh, and he's like, man, I've, I've been working. I've been doing my thing. I'm building the kingdom. I'm I'm going around. I was like, well, why haven't I seen you doing anything? He's like, well, you're in California. I'm in North Carolina. You know, I'm I'm building the I'm building the kingdom as I progress through. But I'm I'm doing my thing. And I was like, well, then how am I getting to see you now? Then like, why am why are we? It was a long conversation. This is yeah. the gist of it. It's like, then why are we now getting to see you? Why right now? And he said the line, "It's the kingdom breaking in," 
which was a line that our friend Carrie Latticer, who's spoken here at the women's conference and stuff, that she had said to me. So that's another thing, like another reason to doubt your dreams, because she had said that same line to me about something completely different. As we were uh, we were driving somewhere one time, she said, "Oh, do you see that? That's the kingdom breaking in." And that was a couple months before this, uh, and so that's the line that he used on me. He used her line, "Oh, it's the kingdom breaking in," and then he gave me a smile, kind of like, "Mm-hmm." You know, Carrie said that to you. <laughs> it was the most sarcastic thing too, as he said it, and I started laughing in the dream, and I was like, "Ah, you dog, you're using the line that I've been thinking about against me." Uh-huh. Anyway. We cried. That was basically the gist of the dream. And, and I woke up from that. And so I, I then was like, what do I do with this? Right. Because not only have I not thought about my friend in a very long time, uh, I haven't thought about him to that extent in a very long time. Like, what is he doing? What's it like for him? I haven't thought about the memories that we had. You know, like I said, if I thought about him, it was, I wonder how his parents are doing. It's been 11, 12 years. How's the, how's everybody doing over there? Um, so for him to actually come looking exactly the same as he did whatever do whatever you want to with that information i don't really care like he looked the same as he did when we were 16 17 years old and to say that he is now building the kingdom here on this earth but not in his body with the holy spirit with jesus he's working what does building the kingdom look like to it's not like a physical like he's building up something he's 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 spreading you know, he's restoring, you know, he's restoring relationships. He's, he's working in, uh, spreading, uh, goodness, you know, uh, Hebrews the we're entertaining angels kind of idea. Like they're, they're, they're there. They're (laughs) when Jesus says in Matthew, like you did this unto the least of these, you did it unto me. Like who, who am I really in the presence of right now? When I'm, when I'm in a mall, when I'm in a, a fast food restaurant, these are the thoughts that I began to have after. Um, and then to say the kingdom breaking in, like when we get to see a glimpse of the way it's supposed to be, like there was, it was joy, it was love, it was me and community with people yeah. that, that shaped me in my walk. Like, anyway, there's so much in there and yeah. I've thought way more about it. It's not something I can sit up here and teach and tell you, that's what happens when you die. You go on the earth and you <laughs> build totally. the kingdom. But I mean, you know, maybe it gives some sense or idea that this these this is exactly what we wanted to kind of talk about in the series was the openness maybe that we should have to understanding that we don't understand and there's not a lot of things that were super clear but there's definitely something going on yeah that's bigger than us on both sides of mm-hmm. the spiritual realm in that um <clears throat> this is why you can feel god and why you can feel the presence of you know the holy spirit at work in you and um, the helper that uh, is here now. I mean, that was one thing that Jesus said when he left was, I'm sending you something greater than me as yeah. a helper. That's with us here now. So Definitely. it's not a far off thing, you know, ethereal, like we kind of talked about, you know, in the clouds somewhere coming down. It's here. That now, line that work. he used, the, um, you know, the helper's going to come. What I've been thinking about in that passage the last few uh, weeks is he, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. Like he's going to lead you into what truth is. Mm. And it was recently that I was reading a book that defined truth as unveiling. Like that's what truth is translated as, is like removing the covering. Yeah. So it's not something that you're chasing down as much as it is more being exposed. And when he's guiding us into all truth, he's guiding us into more, like more, 
of the veil being removed, more curtains being pulled back. That's really, so to hop in to this next little segment of new heaven and new earth, some of the stuff that I didn't get into quite as much Mm -hmm. is using some of that language that, you know, when it's made new or the earth is, it talks about in Peter that it's going to be laid bare, Mm -hmm. that it means to uncover something that was already there. Mm. So real quick, just to back up and I didn't do the best job. Well, I didn't do as, as well of a job as I wanted to in explaining this, but I was trying to make sure people understood the significance of some of the Greek language of words, like new. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was trying to explain that the word th- that was being used here in new didn't mean like brand new, never seen before, but being restored and made new, right? So I was trying to think of other ways to say it. Of We have a lot of, you know, like right now in our modern English of words that have double meanings, right? Or that are even spelled the same. Like yeah. you could say something's cool or you could say, oh, it's cool to the touch, yeah. right? Spelled the same. Two totally different meanings. Yeah. Or you could get to something that's a little bit closer, which is like there and there or two and two, you know, yeah. T-O-O or T-O. T-W-O. Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to think of in the same realm of... <laughs> oh, sorry, only two. Well, then don't be confusing. <laughs> uh, but there's, a, there's some importance of, of these things because that helps us understand some scripture a little bit better when it has like really big words. Like in Second Peter, um, it's talking about where we need to pay attention to what the word destruction meant both contextually and in the original language when it comes to the earth, right? Mm. And that's where we get this like big boom, crazy theory. Uh, and, and the same word that he's using is actually for the flood and destruction there. Not that it's, you know, blown out of the sky, it goes away, but it's something that's laid bare and then uncovers what was, you know, beforehand. Mm. Um, so laid bare was a term that was used. It's uh, also... Um, an English word that we get from that same laid bare um, of Eureka, which is I found it, right? So, so yeah, so hold on, slow up here. This is great. Uh, yeah. Destruction, laid bare, Eureka, this is all the same. Like these words are interchangeable essentially. Yep. So as we're, as we're like reading... Like verse 10, it says, uh, the earth and everything done and, and everything in it will be laid bare. Yeah. Right. So that's where some people get this term destruction. So you need to understand the context, yeah. but also the original language in that, which is this herusika, which is this Greek word, which is laid bare, which is something that's already there, which where uh, in, in the English word eureka, which means I found it. This is very common to like the gold rush that was here. It was the cry of like all mm. of the people in the gold rush of discovering something that was already there. It was yeah. under the ground, like what you're talking yeah. about, the veil being pulled back um, and the destruction of the earth isn't an, an obliteration of what's here, but rather a restoration of what it was meant to yeah. be. Right. Unveiling. Let's open this thing yeah. up. Let's a call back to there. the garden, the original intent of wow. creation. Yeah. Some interesting stuff about, you know, the, um, <clears throat> the, the garden, we call it the garden of Eden, mm-hmm. right? So Eden's a really interesting word. I'll give you a little bit of theology or isn't that etymology? Or no, that's word study, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you some understanding of like the different languages, right? Um, so we have the spectagint, which is the original, this would have been the Bible for Jesus at the time. This was, by the time he was around, this is where the, the first 
um, translation from Hebrew scriptures into Greek. Um, and it was named this, and a lot of people see it as LXX is how it's now seen as um, because of the, the Greek Hebrew scriptures, the people, the 70, there were 70 different Jewish scholars that translated it. So this is what Jesus would have had mm -hmm. in Greek at that area where he lived in this time. <clears throat> and the Hebrew word for delight is actually the same word that's translated, you see in Isaiah for Eden. Mm. And so if you go through this, you know, long walk where we, one of the things that we do now is that we have to go back to the LXX mm -hmm. um, to go and to try to understand different Hebrew words because this was a group of people that had the best understanding of this ancient language, mm -hmm. right? Where we don't have a good, solid understanding of it. So they would translate Hebrew into Greek and it gives us insight to meanings of words that, um, that would have been understood differently in that time, which is why those are things that we'll reference on a weekend and you know, for someone who's just coming in, we're like, so the Greek word yeah. here is this. And it's like, why does that even matter? And, you know, we don't yeah. really know what these things were originally written in because it was originally in Hebrew. It's, it's annoying how Greek. much it matters, actually, because <laughs> it, it makes it difficult. It is, but we don't do that great of a job. I think, yeah. I think at some point what we need to do is we actually need to make a video or have a conversation or on here maybe and talk about different translations mm. and what maybe would be best for you when you're like, man, there's like a hundred different translations yeah. of the Bible. Like what's real, what's not. Yeah. Right. And now you're telling me I need the Greek one. So what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is why we're helping you. Right. Yeah. So the root word for Eden is actually unknown. Um, that the, it is the word unknown or we don't know. No, it. it's unknown. So scholars nowadays, what we have to actually rely on is the spugnant, Right in order to understand that Eden, what it means and where it comes from. So it translated as the, it translates it as the same as delight. Um, so it's actually called not the garden of Eden in that translation. In that original translation, it's actually called the garden of delight, hmm. right? Same word that's used in Isaiah 65, where he, you know, you'd hurt hear about what heaven is supposed to look like or this unveiling. So it would have read then, I will create Jerusalem to be an Eden, which would be a delight. So Isaiah's vision for us that we see of this new heaven, this new earth, or this new Jerusalem that comes down as a bride, um, it would have been uh, John Barrow's language from this in Revelations, where it's this clear connections of this like new heaven and new earth, this delight, this unveiling or laid bare, you know, pulled back, and that we're moving towards the way that it originally started hmm. um, to become a, a city, which is, this is really important of like, hey, why do we need this new city? And it's really to show actually, and this is maybe interesting to you, the progression of life and how things have progressed from a garden to a city, mm -hmm. right? So that's the, this transition of like, if it's going to go back to what it was originally intended, well, it started out as a garden and as it progressed and was good, it turned into a city. And this is why the garden of delight or this new Jerusalem, this new city would then be like essentially the, the same things. The new heavens, new, it's not static. It doesn't just stay the way that it was or the way that we think yeah. it would be. Right. Um, but uh, with the same kind of like underlying ethos. Uh, between the two. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that's, uh, it's very so interesting. So that was a lot for you. No, 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 that's really good. <laughs> well, it's important to understand these words because they reveal uh, so much more depth to what is actually happening here. 
Yeah. I focused more in the message and that's the part that, you know, like we talk about, Hey, there's a lot of study and a lot of stuff that we go into for these things. I can't give all that information there. So I just focused on like the restoration of a car, the new part and new heavens and new earth yeah. and relate and revelations to understand that there was significance in that word new in its Greek language. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I love this quote too by N.T. Wright in Surprised by Hope, that same book. He said, they, the early Christians, believed that God was going to do for the whole cosmos what he had done for Jesus at Easter. That's a good thought right there. Do it one more time. The early Christians believed that God was going to do for the whole cosmos what he had done for Jesus at Easter. Mm-hmm. He thought in that it was going to be all things. Then it was essentially then new heaven, new earth, like word. This is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so some uh, other things that we. Um... Well, let's let's hold on right there because oh. there's some. I mean, there's just good stuff let's in here. We're that. we're flying, you know. We and, are flying. <laughs> there's so much in here. We are. I just I think it's also important that we've we've just glossed over this word restoration and, and we've barely, I mean, really you mentioned it with the truck and you mentioned it with, as we're talking right now, but that could be a really huge idea for people that God is restoring this earth, that it's not a, Oh, we're just going to get rid of this thing. Cause you're made for heaven. We're going somewhere else. Right. Like this earth doesn't matter. Let's, and, and I mean, in a lot of ways, that is what we were, I was communicated as a kid and maybe fewer words than that, but it has implications for how we treat the earth. It has implications for the way that we, and we don't talk about that that much. And we think, no. that, oh, that's all tree huggers. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But our actions show if, if, if followers of Jesus don't care about the earth, because we think that that tells others that we don't think we were made for this earth, that we're going somewhere else. Right. Exactly. Like it, we don't have to worry about it. It's yeah. Not gonna, we're not going to have to, we don't need to take care of it. Yeah. But it's not just that God wants to restore you. God wants to do his restorative work in each and every one of us, but he's doing the same thing with creation. And then, I mean, you talked about that with the four pieces that he's doing it with heaven and earth. He's doing it with his creation. He's doing that with, uh, our work, he's doing that with our relationships, all of those things. Um, but those are also, this can also be ethereal ideas and big, big things that if we don't sit in them for a minute, what does that actually mean for right now? Like, is that just out there? Is that, okay, someday all of those things are going to be perfect, but right now they really suck and I'm in it. So now what? Yeah. Like, how do we walk into, how do we have excitement? How do we participate? How do we hope I think for... that's what we tried to end with of like that, that we actually have a call through mm. Jesus to participate because he gave us a taste, a glimpse of it and how to yeah. nurture and how to take care and how to cultivate and um, how to be um, not a master, but a servant, yeah. right? Which originally the call that was given to us was to be a master, to be Lord over and take care of. Yeah the earth and to take care of the animals that would be over that. And then we decided to do what we wanted to do and began destruction and decay and to take advantage. And, you know, and and that's where God wasn't going to bless that. Like, Hey, that's not what that was intended to be. The ground was not intended to be like that now. And the ground was not intended to have bloodshed on it. I mean, you see that right off the bat with Cain Mm -hmm. and Abel of like, now the ground's going to be cursed 
because yeah. the blood cries out that's in it. Yeah. Of, of just the destruction that you're just wanting to be for your own selfish intentions. Hmm. When, when really you, all the goodness is there, all yeah. the blessings are there and that's all I want to give to you. But you're, you know, you're fighting everything. You're fighting God. You're fighting each other. You're fighting creation itself. But as a follower of Jesus, as we partner, as we join in this restoration, this redemptive work, this of what is already happening, this, I mean, would you agree, would you say that there, that this unveiling of, uh, it's already happening right now? I think some of it's trying to, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all taking place and that we can participate in it. And that's where, as a follower of Jesus, why it's so important because we're, we're a tiny part of the future. We can't restore it all. No, yeah. We can't, and and we're still broken ourselves, so this isn't a perfection thing, but we can, I think there's a part that we play in it. This is what excites me about this. Uh, When I I first started thinking through this idea of, you know, there's restoration and and the way that we participate in the kingdom work, it, it took my eyes off of me and put it into, uh, it was the otherness idea. Because this is not, I, I don't want this to be a critique, even though it will be, but it's not my point here. But so much of what I was taught in church growing up really applies to me. Like you're dealing with your sin, you're dealing with your growth, you're dealing with your whatever it is. And it's good. It really is. Like we have to surrender uh, to Jesus and let him do that work in us. But at some point, we need to grow in, grow up mm-hmm. from just sitting here focusing on ourselves. I mean, there's so many followers of Jesus in our community that we don't need to be sitting here focusing on, okay, now this week, make sure that you're really trying hard not to do this. At a certain point, like just stop telling us don't eat the cookies before dinner and just change the subject. Like, what could you be doing instead? Like, you can be doing so many great things instead of just sitting here thinking about what not to do as a follower of Jesus. Like, don't do these things. Sure, this is we, like, we can get really dogmatic in a bunch of stuff, which gets us away from contentment. And this just opened it up for me to where it's like, well, hold on. Now I'm not thinking about what not to do. Now I get to think about I'm called to do something. Mm hmm. And maybe that was just in my own mind. That was no. how I interpreted it. No, uh, I, th- I think that's what it is. I think it means that we have a role, actually, not exactly. to just sit and wait for all of this to take place There's and just purpose. to happen. Yeah. Right? But instead be a part of putting it on display, like right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly your point. I mean, that's what we're the signposts mm-hmm. as followers of Jesus to this world. So, right. no, it's exciting. You got anything to close it out with? Any more? Oh, um, so much in those notes. There was a, <laughs> there was um, uh, <laughs> the the hot topic of that animals. <laughs> oh, there was <laughs> right. Is uh, I even got some text of like, oh, there's some other stuff too, and I it, yeah, you can go, Isaiah sixty five. Go read through that, and that's kind of where it has a vision of that stuff. But it this this I think is imagery that feeds into. Not just animals themselves, which, you know, is all good. But I think for just what all of this looks like, what heaven actually looks like, which is that predators and prey existing together, they're neither harm nor destroying. Like it talks about that, you know, like, you know, everything's going to live together. Like that would normally hunt one another. It's this metaphorical language that hints even to the possibility of animals in the heaven and the new earth and 
and also just how we're going to interact with one another mm. that the people who don't look like you act like you like yeah. you that you're going to lay in the same place in the same yeah. space and for some people that's really scary because that also feeds into this question and i think we got this um the first week which was like is the person that i really don't like gonna be next to me in heaven right Define next to you i don't know <laughs> with you around yeah. you that you despise and hate or has hurt you. Yeah. Um, that's tough stuff to chew on. Yeah. There's more to unpack with that, but that's the kind of grace and stuff that we don't understand. Yeah. And this m probably gets into some of the stuff we'll talk next week of, yeah, but there are the things that we do or the way that we treat people and the works that we do right now take do have um, um, a result in heaven, like our actual experience. And it and Paul talks about it, and he talks about it in some really clear, powerful ways um, that our works actually do matter. It's not what gets you in, but it matters for the experience that you're going to have in heaven. And it even uses some of the langu metaphorical language of like, you know, some people get in like a burning building that just barely crashed through the wall you know, coming out, they're not doing that great, but they're in, they're alive, right? They made it um, versus, um, you know, the person who's done the things that we're talking about, participated in the work now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, we'll, we'll continue to, I, I think next week we'll unpack some more of those types of, of things. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I mean, yeah. And one last thing just with all that stuff with the animals and, you know, people, you're going to be around. What am I going to look like? And all that stuff. Someone, someone, someone came up to me, uh, at the end of the service, one of the services. And she goes, now look, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. So I'm probably going to go first and I will be waiting for you in heaven with my seven cats. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's important to know that Egypt had cats in the underworld. So, Oh ooh, no. no. <laughs> oh, I didn't go there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when I look back at creation, God created everything. Well, you're starting good. to say like what you look like, all that stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. Like God created it to be good mm -hmm. in Genesis one. So it doesn't make sense to me. This is John White. It doesn't make sense to me that after we messed it up, he's like, "Well, this is great. This gives me a chance to make 2.0. I really wanted to do different things and make it a lot better." Are you gonna say I'm not skinny and like an athlete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway. What is it? What is it at eighteen that your body actually starts decaying the other way now? Really? Yeah, it grows to a certain age. I think it's somewhere around there. For um, I know this that a male's voice does not fully uh, mature until he's like. <laughs> actually, I know it's at least late twenties, but I feel like it's early thirties. Singing voice is what All I'm right, talking about. I wish I I I, I should. And now more a vocal coach is going to listen to this and be like, that idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should, should add our facts a little bit. Who but am it's I something kidding? Like that They're not like, listening this deep. You're in. young. What, basically what it is is you spend way more years dying than you do living. It's growing. Not me, man. I switched that. Grow on, baby. Hey, you know the whole reason that got switched is because God said, like, man, you guys are some messed up people. We can't have you around for generations. Oh, please, no. No.
That's what he. Yeah. That's what he said when you look at it. Of like, you know, people used to live like, uh, you know, in the beginning of the story, like eight hundred years, four hundred years. Methuselah. All this craziness, and then it was like God said, "Like, man, there's just these are just horrible people. Too we much cannot time. have them around for this long. <laughs> They're destroying everything." My wife doesn't like when I say it, but it's like if I live longer than fifty, it's a miracle. With you my say diet, 50? oh, dude, with my diet, I'm living fast and loose. Are you kidding me? If I make it that long, on that me. note, anyway, friends, friends. hope you got some good goals this year. <laughs> Here We're thankful for you guys. Uh, we love you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll enjoying this conversation. This Let's keep digging in. Love you.